0: Welcome, nerds and geeks, to another episode of Goblins and Guidance. We are the Goblins, here to give you all guidance.
1: I'm Calvin, and joining me are... David. And Andrew, and we set out to answer D&D Reddit's most pressing questions. Uh, David, what do you call a Chicken Goblin in Breath of the Wild? A (laughs) Bacoblin.
0: It's a crack of the middle for me. It's funny, because I played that
1: game.
2: (laughs) I played that game. I'm I'm replaying it right now, as I said last week.
3: I've never oh, played Zelda. <laughs>
2: well, got
1: well, a problem.
3: I don't know. Uh, well, oh, well. We're very tired. This is. Very... Get... It's a bit to... early in the morning.
1: Dirt, early than
3: normal. normal.
2: Yeah, this we're...
1: is this is normal.
2: <laughs> this is okay. normal
1: if you are a normal human being.
2: All right, viewers. What time do you guys normally wake up? um
1: <laughs> while you're thinking about that i will read our first question submitted by damian thorn 8484 need help with a blind character i'm relatively new i need help building a blind character the character is a drow bard born completely blind the bard class seems perfect because she won't be melee combat based name is Thece. Theas, something like that Theus? and it after it's the know. Oh. Edit, after some people kindly informed me that blind fighting style exists and reminded me of the fine Familiar spell, I think I came up with something that works better. All players start at level 2. Start with blindness, and to that one guy who asked, yes, sunlight sensitivity will have no effect. It is purely a sight-based feature. While harsh light does irradiate blind slash VI people, it's not affecting their vision if they were born without sight. It's giving them a headache. I can't really simulate that in D&D other than roleplay. Put put second level into wizard for the find familiar spell. This is the most quote unquote complicated aspect. After spending my first action looking through the familiar eyes, Theus will be able to cast area specific spells without disadvantage because areas don't move. For example, Dancing Light can be cast as normal. When it comes to, cre- to creature target spells, non-touch. If she saw the exact location and they didn't move, cast as normal. If they moved, but she knows the general area, disadvantage. This still isn't too complicated. This part is mainly for roleplay and could easily be removed. Half movement speed in an unfamiliar place without, without, without a walking stick. At level 4, pick up the blind fighting style feat. And now for the part I'm unsure of. I've seen campaigns where someone looking through their familiar can still move with help and speak. The body is just blind and deaf. Would it be out of the question for Theus to be able to cast a ranged spell while looking through the familiar? The wording of the spell also seems to suggest that you get, quote, kicked out of the familiar at the start of your next turn. So since the entire round is happening within six seconds, and at the same time, I believe, could she cast ranged spells like normal since she did just see where they were? a little bit of a weird grammar thing there but yeah I think the point is I... how far does find familiar go when it comes to helping out a blind person
3: mm-hmm. yeah hmm. Find familiar what i'm interested in right is just like the in universe like
2: idea of you've been blind all your life
3: mm-hmm. and
2: then one day you like become a wizard and you just like cast find familiar then you can see Right. The right. real
0: question is how did maybe. she stud- how did they study enough to become a wizard when they're blind?
2: That's true.
0: <laughs> I, I don't imagine the the fantasy world being very accommodating to blind people.
2: Clearly, there's D Braille.
0: Yeah, oh and
2: man, so he just reads all the wizard stuff. Well okay. so they,
0: they did just add ASL into a uh, one DD. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Like> in universe? <laughs> huh? Like yeah. in universe? Yeah. Oh. So, what Like does ASL stand for? Uh, the American Sign Language. No, I mean like in, in universe. Oh, in universe, I have no clue. I don't know if they, they're calling it ASL or just sign language. Oh, okay, okay. I think they're just calling yes. it sign language. But
2: Okay. I remember in Magnus Chase, the the Viking procedure accent, um, ASL stands for ALF Sign Language.
3: Mm, the sign right. language for the elves. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so okay. um, this story made me think of a character. Have you guys seen the show Owl House? Of course not. <laughs> you know. oh, there's okay. There's this one character called uh, Principal Bump. Okay. So, yeah, I'll show you guys a picture. Mm-hmm. Okay, like he is a straight-up blind wizard who uses his familiar to see and his familiars just, like, sitting on his head the entire time?
2: I won't lie, he looks like a
3: pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, okay yeah. Okay. hmm He looks a little creepy. Yeah. I mean, okay, so... So, if you just had the familiar
2: and just, like, set the familiar on your shoulder... You're basically just like,
3: and if you can move while looking through familiar, mm-hmm. you kind of could just see. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Um. Very interesting. I, I would say this it. is just a lot of work to go through. Yeah.
2: I mean, like, I guess it's an interesting concept, but like.
1: Okay, so the main que- the main question was it would can you cast a range spell while looking through the familiar? I think you could.
3: Yeah. Good. I definitely think you can.
2: I mean, this kinda goes back to what we said last week about the the echo night, right? Where, like mm-hmm. you can kinda
3: sleep so. your echo but like Hmm. I I would say that because, like, let's say your familiar is like across a wall from you, right? Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, you you can't cast a range spell through a wall, but like if you were to take full cover behind a rock, could you cast like fireball, fireball, on a spot that you could see with your familiar? Maybe with this. Advantage. I don't.
0: I don't think a, so. I don't so. The know. way like mm-hmm. it, it's worded, it says finally when you cast a spell with the rage of touch, you're familiar can deliver the spell as if it had cast the spell. But I think like any sort of rage spell has to be coming from you. Right. So if there's a wall in between you and where you want to cast the spell. I don't think even like if you had Light of sight, it doesn't matter.
2: Oh yeah, and uh, can we just like clarify how fireball works? <laughs> like so. In my head? Is it is it like a ball coming out of
0: you? Or is it like
2: well, so it a fireball a appearing?
0: It says a bright streak flashes from your pointing finger to a point you choose. Okay, and then blocks okay. the low, low roar into an explosion of flame. So it so just I think appears
1: there, into the
0: spot. Sort of, but I do think you need to like have line of sight with it. Like I there can't okay. be like a wall blocking it.
1: The the obvious solution is just have the familiar like sitting on your head. That way, you basically just see normally. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then you and then I think then yeah. at least you could cast spells like normal. But if you were to have the familiar away from you, and then you were casting spells, like mm-hmm. your character would need really good spatial awareness to be able to be yeah. like, okay, if the familiar is there and I'm there, that means I need to point there. Which I would say that would be like an intense burst. Pers- what would that be? How would you roll? How would you check for that? Intelligence,
0: like, was just like intense perception, or something. Yeah, would be like I, I don't it'd know it if it would be type. perception because it is in my mind. It's more like doing mental math of like, Pythagorean's <laughs> theorem of where <laughs> you until, are <laughs> until math
1: effect. Yeah, theory.
2: and I feel like I feel like spatial awareness is also like a wisdom kind of thing.
1: That's mm-hmm.
2: true. Kind of like knowing your spot, like where you are relative, like the directions.
3: Yeah,
0: I maybe, say, it's, I'd say it's, a maybe it's a performance check. Performance check. <laughs> How <laughs> well do you perform <laughs> at the <this> spell?
2: <show? laughs> you, know, you know, sure, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sure. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, it's like it's like um, it's like wearing a VR headset, but you see through a camera that's looking at yourself, and then you try to like walk somewhere. Right, yeah. like that sounds extremely difficult.
1: Yeah.
2: So it, aiming,
1: it, it is so much of that.
2: Like aiming a spell at someone sounds really hard. If you weren't mm. like if the familiar was on you.
0: And a, a, mm. another thing is uh you, you can only see through your familiar's eyes if you spend an action. Uh and then at the start of your next turn you're no longer looking through his eyes. Yeah. So I think Wait, another what? thing they're asking is if they could cast a ranged spell at a creature they saw with their eyes while they're now blind.
3: Oh, okay. well, what does that I, No.
0: I would say, like, with disadvantage, at least. Because there's also the... Because bit... you would have seen if they moved at all, because you still had his eyes until the start of your turn. So, like, mm-hmm. you, yeah. you know where he is. I think you would just have to be like at a, uh, with disadvantage. Unless it was an AoE oh, okay. spell. I see.
2: Oh, I see. So like, since it takes an action, you would not be using your action to see that turn. Yeah. Well, so basically, you can only attack once every other turn. <laughs> Unless yep. you want to completely <laughs> blindly fire.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Makes sense to me.
2: I mean, they'll probably just have to roll a perception check every round if they don't mm. this is so much work Like yeah. this, this seems like it'd be terrible for the combat economy
0: oh it totally like, is the but they're also a bard so like
2: yeah that's I
0: true don't entirely imagine them doing a lot of just damage straight up
3: right I mean I guess you could do this
0: I think it would be more interesting to work something out with your DM of that, like, you're a blind bard, so your ears are especially enhanced. <laughs> and, well, you like, you become daredevil? you become daredevil. Because that just... There gets a point where, like, yeah, it's kind of fun to have a disability, but at some point, it's just such a disadvantage. It's such, like, so uh action inefficient. Where, yeah. I would work something out with
1: your DM. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's still. So, I would. I. It just feels bad because, like, I think it's really interesting yeah. to try and play characters that are like that again. Like you said, have disabilities. Like that. That sounds like something <laughs> interesting to work around. But D and D makes it really hard to work around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like not, unless.
0: You the found, problem with like, playing a disabled character is disabled. that you're
2: disabled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, sure, it's cool, but like, it all. It also, it also sucks to be disabled.
3: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, not not that it's like. Okay, I don't. I don't want to. We're not, sound we're not like,
0: ableist at a. No,
2: yeah, I okay. promise. But, but, but like, like I'm sure blind <laughs> people why? want to see.
3: No. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 not ableist. I promise. D and
2: D is
0: ableist.
2: <laughs> D is ableist. We're no, no, we can't
0: spread that, or else they will change a disability. bunch of shit to "quote unquote" fix it. <laughs> 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 they did that ASL. Uh, that is yeah, true. that's true. That's that is actually kind of cool. But there's like right. y- there's definitely like degrees of like, worse uh, disabilities, and I feel like being deaf is better than being blind. Yeah. <laughs> if I had the okay. choice, I would rather be deaf s- than blind. That's interesting sentence. Well, okay, but like, nope. think about okay, this. You can still weird. watch anime if you're deaf, because they got subtitles, but you can't watch it well, if you you're can blind. You still
2: watch most, most TV you,
0: shows if you you're deaf. You freaking weeb. <laughs> You're the same. What are you talking about? You,
2: you know, um, my college, um, University of Iowa. Uh, yeah, they uh, in the theater, like in the playhouse, they have like surtitles and they like
3: they play sub- surtitles for like live plays. It's pretty awesome. Nice. That's yes. very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought it was really cool.
2: and But the problem is, like, I, I keep reading the subtitles instead of watching the play. <laughs> why? Because, <laughs> like, cause, like, my hearing isn't the best right, so I always want to make sure I get every word, which means I read it. No,
3: mm-hmm. fair
2: enough. So this is why, like, anime's so good for me, because, like, even though I don't understand it, I can still read the subtitles. But the problem mm-hmm. with subtitles is, since they're top, they're, like, so far from the player that it's, like, slightly farther from my peripheral view. So it's like I need to like shift back and forth way faster than if
3: I were watching anime.
0: Yeah. Okay. Alright. All right. I I had to choose this question because the first like line is such a me thing. Is it? Oh yeah, you will as soon as I read it. Uh this next question's from Vivid Hovercraft nine eight eight. My character wouldn't do this, but I just have to. Uh, running Princes of the Apocalypse, my player's character is a Grave Domain Cleric that is in service to Kel Wasn't that your dude? Yeah. He's been an absolute zealot all campaign, attacking undead on
1: sight. That is you.
0: I <laughs> know. you make this post? I did not make this post, I promise. You made <laughs> this post.
1: No. Vivid Hovercraft is secretly Kelvin, guys. <laughs> Last on. session,
0: the party enters an Uthgard burial mound the book had it had set it up so that an npc desecrates the burial mound and the disturbed warrior's spirit becomes a revenant but i knew this player's character would just attack a revenant on site and take the party down with him to prevent this exercise of my dm discretion I left the coffin in a non-desecrated state and set up the encounter in a way so that the players caught the npc in the process of desecrating the grave By doing this, the players would have an opportunity to stop the revenant from even appearing and could resolve the encounter without chaos ensuing. It went to plan, but then went off the rails. The party stopped the NPC from desecrating the grave and was ready to escort him out of the burrow to face justice with the Uthgard war party that had assembled outside. However, at the last minute, the cleric's player suddenly says, I checked the coffin for loot. That is not something a Kalimvor cleric would do.
3: I am am pissed at
0: him now. (laughs) Completely engulfed, I responded, You are a Kalimvor cleric of the Grave Domain, no less. Your character would clearly not do that. He wouldn't. Your DM is right. Listen to him. He then starts trying to convince the rest of the party, using the argument, There is a great magic item in there. Are we just going to leave it? The party ends up getting divided, where half wants to leave and half wants to loot it. The way we resolve party divisions is we roll persuasion against one another and let the dice decide. No <laughs> That's that's a if way to do it. I gotta I feel like players should be able to to debate amongst themselves. That's an interesting so, though.
3: Yeah. Okay.
2: Just but I mean,
0: They're clearly not arguing in person though,
2: so I don't know why they're rolling a dice. Right. Of course, the okay. cleric's
0: argument wins the dice rolls, and so another character and him get ready to open the coffin. Since it was late, I ended the session there at a cliffhanger. In truth, I left it there because I didn't know what to do next. If I were to a- apply what was supposed to happen in the book, then the cl- characters would suffer the same fate as the NPC was destined to suffer, being pursued relentlessly by a revenant in the Uthgard warbed that had assembled outside. I felt this would almost certainly end with a DPK. I read up on the Revenant, and they are relentless, so I don't think that reasoning with one would work. There is also the matter of the cleric's behavior. Kelimbor is all about protecting the sanctity of the dead, which includes proper burials, preventing untimeliness, and putting restless spirits to rest.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: For a cleric of Kelimbor, which is of the grave domain, to be responsible for inciting others to partake in desecrating a grave, and in the process spot a powerful undead is very bad. Sacrilege. Calibor would most likely not stand for that. At the very least, I feel like Kelevore would give the cleric a warning. Calibor may also simply stop offering the cleric the use of his divine power. So after the session the next day, I messaged the player and told him my concerns with this. He remained steadfast in his decision to open the grave, and told me that if I didn't let him open it, that I'm just railroading the adventure.
1: That's not railroading you, bitch. Really
0: not. Like your character would absolutely not do that.
1: That's maintaining character continuity.
0: Yeah, huh. I know. If I pull out a revenant on the party, I'm going to be accused of just being an ass because the player didn't listen to me. Don't do it. Pull out their fucking revenant. He deserves it. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to do with this adventure was to try to be true to the book as much as possible. However, the only resolution I can really come up with won't get the players upset at me. That won't get the players upset at me, is to simply tell them the coffin is empty and end with no revenant appearing. Obviously, this would make for a flat conclusion, but it will prevent a TPK. I want to be fair not only to the cleric, but to all other, but to all players, including the ones that want to leave. At the same time, there have been some dire consequences encountered early on in the adventure, and since then, they've been playing pretty smart. This could have just been a case of poor late-night judgment at the end of a long session. Nevertheless, I have to be prepared for the party to actually decide to go through with it, it next session.
1: Okay, that's just stupid, though. <laughs>
0: yep.
3: So, oh, man. What's, what's the I'm, anti-inspiration? I'm mad at
1: that cleric. Is there an anti-inspiration? Oh, uh, if you want. <laughs> you just <laughs> the make
2: <inspiration>. <laughs> you, just, you just get this advantage on whatever right the DM chooses.
0: Yeah. Uh, but no, me, see honestly. clearly what should happen here. Uh, either, either you do it as the book says and just pull out a revenant, it, or it's a regular corpse in there with like maybe a minor magic item or something to explain why he was digging it up. But either way, that cleric is losing his divinity. <laughs> no, for yeah. sure. No, yeah. That is like literally. the highest offense to or It's nah, get out of here.
2: I mean, if the coffin is empty, would he still, like, be breaking the rules?
0: Okay, but my thing is, I don't think it would be empty. I don't see a reason okay. for the coffin to be empty at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay. if it was empty, why the hell was the sky digging it up?
2: That's true, that's true.
0: This is why, like, either it has to have that Revenant or a regular corpse with a magic item somewhere.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, this guy's not Cronald. This guy's not not
0: Calvin. This is the anti-Cronald. This <laughs> is the anti Calvin anti-Calvin. Mm.
2: Calvin would definitely try and kill the revenant, and then also die.
0: I okay, so something I gotta realize halfway through Lost Minds of Pendelhard is I was playing a cleric of Kelvinvort a little uh a little too uh murder hoboey. <laughs> murder <laughs> oh. <hobo-y. laughs> It's like I would immediately attack any Dead. I think after doing some reading, I wouldn't. I shouldn't have done that. I think I should have tried to talk with them, especially if they were like more of a peaceful spirit, and they did it immediately, or they weren't a danger to everyone around them. That uh-huh. I would try to talk to them and see what would, um, you know, get them to cross over peacefully.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I- yeah, there there's some things
0: I would have changed about my character. Yeah. Afterwards, but I mean, foresight's twenty twenty. Yeah, hindsight. For not foresight, I look to the future, <laughs> baby. So Andrew,
3: you're gonna
0: be less horny, right? In our campaign,
2: gonna be less flirty in our campaign Saturday. What? Yeah, are you
0: talking Andrew. About? I don't know. No, honestly, yeah. since I, when I, I, hope I hope you're. I hope you you are, because i pretty sure your character's underage.
1: <laughs> oh no! No, she's oh 18. no. Okay, you're eighteen. No, she's. I 18. I, I was I was
0: remembering it as 16 so. no, 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 no. Okay, no, okay. no, but she's okay. not horny though. It'd be really weird. Fir- to this, play this is my 1st character.
1: character. Yeah. No, but don't worry. This is my first non-horny character. Don't worry about it.
2: <laughs> Good. I I'm glad. Okay.
0: Right. Well, whatever what you decide her? to do, Vivid Hovercraft, punish the cleric.
1: Yeah, definitely punish the cleric because they're they're literally defying their god. Mm-hmm. I don't think it gets much worse for a cleric than that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like is one thing, man. You got to you got to do something. be better. Yep. Literally be better. Okay, <laughs> hey,
3: what's right. next? David, what is our next question? Okay,
2: friends are tough to get over. Um, just finished DMing a roleplay play heavy session. Started up some over Started up some overland travel. We just finished basically an argument story and have had two battle sessions battle heavy sessions in a row, so I opted for some RPing, knowing some people were feeling like they needed it, and also knowing that I'm really bad about dialogue, so it was good practice. I guess it was fine, but it felt pretty bad. <laughs> oh, my players say at least that it was good, but man, I can feel it emotionally, how bland it was. It's tough as a DM to get over a bad session, especially when you thought it was going to go really well. So I guess in the interest of being productive and not just whining, how do you do dialogue in your games, and what kind of resources might you
3: suggest for getting better at it? Uh, dialogue is so, hard.
2: That so I'm, like
1: an, so like, I'm as like an uber geek. I just imagine... If this was a video game like what <laughs> like if and there were NPCs, I would just I I I kinda just say generic things that most NPCs do and then just build off a natural conversation off of that. Yeah.
2: You you give up the real NPC dialogue.
1: Huh? <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> yup.
2: Like, hello there. You. Good day. Yeah, good day. There's oh, there, there's a lot power. of like
0: improv you have to do with those low yeah, level NPCs. hmm but like uh more important was i I kind of like write out what they would say, um, mm-hmm. and then kind of like improv and go off of that um I think like to get better yes. at dialogue, though you kind of just have to keep practicing, you just keep doing it, you do it, you get better with time, read a lot of fantasy books, play more video mm-hmm. games, kind of like pick up like how their dialogue is.
2: Yeah. What's a really good like game that has really good NPCs?
1: Mass Effect? Mass Effect is the first one that comes to mind for me actually. I mean, oh, really, three. Re- really wild any... wasn't
0: that bad, I don't think.
1: Really? Most, Bi- most Bioware games actually, because I Yeah. Yeah. The Bioware RPGs are good. Mass Effect, Knights of the Old Republic, um uh-huh. uh well, Dragon like Age. Most... Most the modern games, games really...
0: are pretty good at a NPC
1: dialogue. Yeah. Well Horizon Zero Dawn is also incredible hmm. with like its NPC. I also just had a game. I love Horizon Zero Dawn.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> did you
2: did you play through the new one?
1: I have not. I'm still in the first one because I, I, I wanted to keep playing and then I got like busy with a bunch of shit and I never got to finish it. But yeah. what I did get through, I loved.
3: <laughs> okay, okay, that's cool.
1: Yeah, but, but yes, it, I would I would uh, recommend Mass Effect, personally, yeah. for if you want to get better, if you want to quote unquote research how NPCs behave.
0: <laughs> quote unquote research. You also like <laughs> you could also just watch like Critical Role in uh Dimension Twenty true. and see how like true those how like Matt Mercer and Bradley Mulligan and like other DMS do dialogue. You could kind of like make build your own style off of other people.
1: Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that too. Taking inspiration from like experienced people, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all.
0: Yeah, no, there isn't. Um, Then I the question like, how to get over a bad session like that? Mm -hmm. You just got to keep moving, keep moving forward. Like it's going to happen, especially in a a travel session. (laughs) Travel travel is boring you gotta
1: that's that's why you, you I gotta
0: know. write that stuff ahead of time to like yeah put something interesting in it
1: yeah i know it's only fanned over so it does, so it's not consequential but like when there were like travel parts we're going going like across the map i just skipped mm-hmm. over that shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's nothing wrong with just skipping over it if you can't do anything interesting i don't think there's a I mean- problem it
0: was so boring when we were doing Lost Minds of Fandelford, and Theo had us like roll for each hour that we traveled. Yeah. It was so. Oh, God. Yeah.
1: I, there's nothing wrong with just skipping over travel. Yeah. It is absolutely okay to just skip over it.
0: Yeah. It, it does depend on like the, the uh, type of adventure you're going for. Like if you're. That's
1: too. That's too. 'Cause
0: Because like what I'm doing, that we're like starting uh, the Saturday. Uh-huh. Uh, is oh a very, is this Saturday? It is a Saturday. It's a very travel intensive one because you're going like cross countries and stuff. So it is yeah. a lot of like I think like Lord of the Rings travel <laughs> like campaign. Yeah.
1: Every DM wants to become uh, Lord of the Rings, but no one can do it.
0: No one can do it. It's uh, JR. Maybe maybe, it, maybe, uh, Ma- Matt, maybe Matt it's such a do. high Mercer.
1: Maybe Matt Mercer can do it, but let us know. Ugh
0: <laughs> uh, man.
3: Dude, it sucks because like rangers are like the
0: travel class and, uh, and the travel is so gets boring. skipped over
1: so much. Yeah,
0: it's just so boring. Oh like, my god, yeah. I just realized. We're doing a yeah. travel intensive one, and this is the first time no one is playing a ranger.
1: That's so crazy. It's
0: almost like we learned
2: from past campaigns that playing Ranger isn't interesting.
1: <laughs> but the one time <laughs> it would have been interesting. We don't play it. We don't
0: I'm, have a Ranger. I'm glad you guys did it because like I I need five days between each uh destination to like make something interesting uh, on the just, road.
2: Can't just double our movement speed.
0: If you like if you double like, yeah, if you the movement speed and like stuff, there would nothing like too interesting would be able to happen on on the road. <laughs>
2: okay. Fine.
0: Jeez,
2: right. <laughs> this is not this is not in universe in universe lore accurate. They would have hired a <laughs> ranger. Okay.
1: All right. What's next? Turn up. Next up, we have. Oh, this is fun. Oh, I just read the title alone, and I can tell this is going to be fun. Posted <laughs> by Kevin Sauls. DM wants to completely randomize wizard spells. Hey, y'all. We're playing Favi. As the title states, my idea wants to randomize the spells that my wizard learns. At character creation, he had me roll on a table for my cancer at six starting spells. And then on level up, he had me roll a D6 to determine how many first level wizard spells, again, randomized, were able, were available in town, in the country's capital, for me to seek out the, and potentially learn. I did not get to learn two spells of my choice automatically, as stated in the PHB. This seems... Well, punishing, to say the least. I ended up with illusory script and comprehend languages on level up. Has anyone played a game with this in a house role? Is it even vaguely reasonable? I think this is hilarious.
0: Man, if, it would ha- it... if
1: it had player consent. But since yeah, not player consent, this is not cool. Doing <laughs> something
0: insane like this, you got to talk with your players and be like, if it's okay. It is like mm-hmm. an interesting because like if you think about it realistically a wizard has to read these spells and stuff mm-hmm. so they would be limited on like what they could learn based on where they are but
1: they're but in the capital fully, but not fully randomized
0: not fully randomized <laughs> yeah. also they're in the capital that's where like mm-hmm. all the magic should be exactly uh-huh. and like, and also, punished... I feel
2: like everywhere that teaches magic oh, yeah. teaches fireball so like come right. of course <laughs>
0: Or, like, if if there's, like, different schools of magic, it's like, like, you're here and there's the school for necromancy, <laughs> so you can learn uh, any necromancy spell.
1: <clears throat>
0: doing something like yeah. that would make it so much easier on it than doing just straight random randomization. If you still want to go for this, like, realistic wizard. Yeah.
1: I won't lie though. A completely, completely randomized characters sounds incredibly fun if everyone <laughs> is on, if everyone is on board for it. Yeah. But, but if, I mean, like, if it's if not everyone, if not everyone wants to vibe with that, then no, don't do that.
0: Yeah. But it it is insanely punishing. Like, uh, you guys remember that one shot that I did before, yeah. where I like yeah. I made yeah. randomly generated characters for all of you guys. Oh, the skeleton yeah.
1: that couldn't speak.
0: That was fucking hilarious. I love David. David, your roleplay, that was beautiful. Thank you. I made a lot of (laughs) Minecraft
2: skeleton noises.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like, Amanda, she got a wizard character, and all the spells were randomly generated for her. Almost none of them were, like, combat ability, and she, it was horrible.
2: Oh, no. (laughs) 100% utility wizard.
0: That's almost, whole... yeah. But like, not even, like, the good ones for combat. There was no, almost no support. There was, like, she, I think she had, like, Alarm and Knock and something else and some others. <laughs> she had, like, the <laughs> most useless spells you could possibly have in, in a fight. Oh my god. That's so funny. And, like, no, that, that was,
2: so you make that that was my fault though. because
0: I didn't look at what spells were generated. Someone should make, like, Pacifist Wizard, except
2: she also <laughs> isn't a good support. He definitely yeah. like, <laughs> does things outside of combat. Um, and, yeah. like, in combat, he's just, like, just running away because he gets one shot anyway. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's almost how I felt with my Ghost of Soulmarsh character. I'm like, I'm just a roleplay character. <laughs> almost. Then, yeah. um, I mean, like. But, but then my support ended up actually being clutch. So.
0: Remember when yeah. I, like, just stabbed so you in the bum. back and you went down immediately?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> I- I'm glad you did that.
0: I'm glad that NBC worked out. <laughs> oh. Uh, that oh, okay. was...
1: I was... At the moment, I was confused. So I am like, I fucking rolled insight on this dude already, and he seemed good.
0: Right, I think he rolled low, or, like, he rolled a very high um, persuasion or deception check.
3: Really? Oh, I see.
0: Yeah. Um... And it was fucking hilarious because like the rest of the party went downstairs, and you were like, "I'm gonna stay up here."
1: No, I wasn't. <laughs> that I was just gonna stay up there. It's just that we—it was a narrow. La- it was a narrow staircase. Right. You were—you were, you were the I last one in, one in line, and you were like, "That was just the last one in line." Yeah.
3: Yeah. Ned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. That's that's where sort of the Ned thing that yep. came from in that game. Page. I can't. I knew. I knew in our campaign, I kept making jokes about we were fighting the CEO of Sex, and then <laughs> I'm like, wait, but who was that again? It's Ned. It was that Ned.
0: Guy. We love Calvin's names. We got Ned, and we got Todd. Wait, okay. Ned was like in the book, though. Oh, really? If you look at um, Salt, goes to Saul Marsh. Ned is the actual character. So Todd funny. was all me.
2: <laughs> I should. I should stop trying so hard on my names.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I'll just name my next character Scott.
1: <laughs> I've named two of my characters after flowers, I'm just not realizing.
3: Azalea. Yes. And Azalea peony. peony. hmm It's where work. it works. Huh. Yeah. Flowers are flowers yeah. have nice names. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Alright, our next question is
0: by a hare. A singular five. hair? A hair. Like, okay, but like, smelled like a rabbit. Oh.
2: Okay. Yeah, I thought of a rabbit first.
1: I thought of a hare.
0: <laughs> Telling a player no, because I don't know how to make it work, so I should not have it break something. How do I stop doing this?
1: You don't. You keep doing it, but go on.
0: <laughs> Pretty new DM here, running Lost Minds of Pendelver for a group of four <laughs> online. Last session, they went to explore a certain crumbling castle. What are the players. Castle. Craig Castle, yeah. Probably. Yeah. One of the players is a satyr who joined two sessions ago as a replacement for one player that dropped due to life. That sounds like he died. <laughs> <laughs> dropped due to, life. Due to uh, life. He hit the floor, man.
1: <laughs> he, hit the, he died, dude. No. <laughs> I'm... Yeah. yeah. D&D's hard to play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man.
0: Getting... Seven people together is a challenge, dude.
1: That's what I've been trying to. That's what that's the struggle my group has been having. We have a party of seven. Yeah.
0: When investigating the outside of the castle, he wanted to use this mirthful leaps feature to jump up onto the crumbling castle walls. Sure, I'm gonna quickly look up Murphful leaps.
3: I'm sure they're leaps full of mirth. Mirthful, look up. Stage. I'm blinking on how to spell satir. It. It's right there. What is? What am I doing?
2: Mm-hmm. For a long time, I thought it was pronounced like satir. No. On the why. Because, like, I was reading Prince Jackson <laughs> in my head, like through all five books, I was just like, "Oh, Globe is a Because I thought it was pronounced like satirical, you know. Hmm. No, that's spelled differently.
0: But uh, Murphal Leaps, whenever you make a long jump or high jump, you can roll a d8 and add the number rolled to the number of feet you cover, even when making a standing jump. This extra distance causes movement as usual. Okay. Uh, So I didn't allow him to do this because I felt it might break things. The book gives little guidance on what features the castle has above the first floor. Mostly irritating that everything is crumbling and nothing lives up there. Logically, I would assume that that means holes, unstable floor, etc., but without guidance, I don't feel confident making that call. Instead, I simply told him, the walls are too high for you to jump, even on the max roll.
3: Hmm. And I
0: could tell he was dissatisfied in the moment, and I felt bad. But But otherwise, if he makes the jump, now he can potentially stealth around the entire castle, spying and potentially killing enemies that can't reach him thinking about it afterwards I feel bad about this and wish I could have done something better to not just invalidate his future I'm supposed to reward creativity but instead I stifle it if I had five minutes between player actions to come up with something it would be easier but I don't have that in game so I'm left to either rule something that might break the encounters or just say no and leave the players feeling like they're feeling like they're arbitrarily limited in their feature this is the first time I've done. I've had to do this e- either. I'm not sure if it's a me problem or a module problem, or probably both to some degree. But it always feels nasty after I make the decision. In retrospect for every problem I face in game, I can come up with stuff that might work better. But that's always after the session is over, which does me a little good. How do I stop doing this?
1: It's just it just takes practice. You just as you DM more, yeah. you'll be better at improving. Um you also just need to think. You need to think more creative. It's hard, but you need to think more creatively ahead of time so that you can think of the creative solutions that your players are going to try to do.
3: Yeah. It's interesting how, like, a a satyr can jump, like, what?
2: What's the max how you can jump normally? Uh, It a your strength
3: set, I think. Okay, because 8-feet is, like, like, Pretty scary. It's like jumping up a whole floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess like
1: so. And I mean, I'm assuming this is Cragmont Castle. Yeah, it's a pretty. It's the only castle in Fendover. Um, so the ceilings are 15 feet high for the first floor. There's not. I I. There's no mention of other floors. So since it's a crumbling castle, I assume that means any higher floors right. are just crumbling or non-existent so he could he could totally jump to the top of it no problem and then Mm -hmm. just find a way down and then that will be up to you to decide where he'd like where the only opening he finds drops down to but other than that no he can't just like hop into the castle if you know what i mean because there is there is a stable enough ceiling on the first floor at least
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah and if it was like a bad ceiling, I would make a bowl for like acrobatics check. And then if he fails, he just falls. And a
1: pretty
2: ceiling. Yeah, that works. Like, possibly, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Because you
1: something, can clearly see from the outside, it's a crumbling castle. So you, it should be evident that like <laughs> excessive force on any unstable thing is going to make it break or something.
0: Yeah. I definitely I mean, think like, a lot of force still because it's still like a stone castle. That's but, uh, true. But yeah, I see what your point is. Yeah, Um, like in my
2: like, I'm a DM that says yes and then explains it after, (laughs) (laughs) right? So like, I would let him do it, but then to like balance, I mean, this is just really smart, right? Like, if it makes the encounter really easy, it's because they were being creative. Yeah, Yeah, But I would still have to balance it by making a more academic text for a bad ceiling, and if if they If the ceiling was intact, then they can't see into it, so they wouldn't know what's inside, right? So, there's, like, pros and cons. So, I would just, like, allow it. But I don't think they could jump 15 feet anyway, so... Right? 8 feet plus... A satyr? Oh, they definitely can.
0: Really? What's their jump height? Man, I forgot, like, the exact
1: rules. Oh, yeah, what Uh, are the jumping rules? How high can you normally jump? Because a satyr adds... A D8 to it.
0: So, Crotald has a strength of thirteen. So, oh, excuse me. So,
1: uh-huh.
0: a, a running high jump uh, is is a, a running high jump is four feet, and you could reach a ledge as high as four feet plus one point five times your length. So, like, Crotald, if Crotald was a Sater, four plus eight would be what? Um, would be twelve. Well, That's 1.5 5 times his height, though. Uh, oh. he is five foot so ten. He'd definitely make it. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, he, he would. He could make it if he rolled high enough. Um, I love. So there's a comment on here by a dude's ninety nine that I like. It says, "Ask them what they're trying for, what they're looking for, or try to do." Usually helps a, t- a ton when players do unexpected things. It's a good way to stall, but it also often lets you resolve the situations entirely. Uh, for example, the satr says, "Can I use Murphal leaps to get up on the walls?" You say, "Why are you hoping why are you what are you hoping to do up there?" Uh, he replies, "I just want to check out the upper floor." Oh sure, from up there, you can see it's mostly crumbled away and dialect. There's nothing really up there. No need to add perceptuals or anything like that. You don't want to make them think there's gameplay up there, but it's also like a creative way I think of like getting up there uh if they like look if there's holes in the ceiling so they can like look down into the the cave or the castle i mean yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It, it's a it's a great way for them to spy and if they see how many goblins and stuff are all in there, I don't think there's any way that they're like gonna try to start attacking on their own I think they would have grouped up with the the rest of the party again and like relayed the information and stuff
3: Mm -hmm. yeah I was like yeah Yeah. it was like the Breath of the Wild approach right where you could you could do it
2: you just don't want to do it Mm -hmm. right like Breath of the Wild lets you fight Ganon like right off the bat well you could
1: and people but have like done
2: it. so, yeah people have done it but it would be pretty hard right so you, you could of... you could just let the Seder do it and then make him realize that it might not be the best idea like to yeah. just go into the castle.
3: so yeah
1: yeah no, it, it just takes a lot of practice you just mm-hmm. it takes time so and I'm, always, I'm always up my players. Like, I don't know what the fuck. I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways.
0: And there are times where it's okay to say no to your players. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like a kind of case by case basis. Bro,
2: yeah, my don't, players don't keep, feel too bad.
1: Yeah. Bro, my players keep trying to quote unquote call out Bartham as like the true evil. And I'm like, dude. Just leave him alone. He's not <laughs> anything noteworthy at all. Yeah. At to the point where, like, uh, last session, when we were playing and they tried to harass him again, I just said no. And they're like, what do you mean, no? <laughs> that you're not actually the King Goblin, even though you are? And I'm like, no, this is me as the DM telling you, go the fuck away. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right, Anyways. David, what is next? All right, up next, we got um, this one by u slash okay 9522
2: rap as in W R A P. How do I start playing D&D online at 13? <laughs> I'm, I'm a 13-year-old boy, and for a while, I wanted to try <laughs> D&D, and I don't know anyone who likes D&D. Except for my brother, except without a seat. don't see him except for a brother. Like he doesn't want to do for me. And I have no friends that would like to play DD. What should I do?
0: Should learn how to spell.
1: You should, <laughs> you should realize the fact that you're a child still. Yeah,
0: don't don't try D&D online, especially that young. You're going to beat a lot of weirdos, man.
1: Stranger danger. Yes. Do not. I, do, I would recommend not playing online games until you're like. A young adult, mm-hmm. but, you know, at
3: least. No, dude, okay,
2: but, you know children. Oh, children, are,
1: children can be stupid. The,
2: the the number of kids like on voice chats and like Valorant. Ballard...
1: I know, Why do you think I hate children? Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> you guys are, are. not very supportive of.
1: I am not supportive of children. On the no, I hate children. No, it's <laughs> a joke. I don't hate children. I like saying I hate children, but I don't actually hate children
2: to a degree. I thought you hated all people, it.
1: That too.
0: <laughs> okay, well, yeah, no. do... You're gonna meet a lot of weird people on like D and D, discords or Roll Twenty. Like, don't don't do it. It you're in, no. what middle school? Is thirteen middle school?
2: I mean, that's he's in eighth grade, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So,
2: yeah. Look for a
0: D and D like club or or like a tabletop gaming club uh, in yeah. your middle school, or wait till high school because there'll probably be something there.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Such like that you have no friends, though. <laughs> well, sorry. he has
0: friends. He just they just don't want to play D and D. Yeah. Okay.
1: I just I just I kept I just, I laugh because it's just I'm a 13 year old boy. <laughs> um, yeah. chicken tr- freaking tr- 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 children. Okay, they're not
2: that young. Like 13. 13- no,
1: still. I, I call high schoolers uh, children because yeah. that's what, as a high schooler I can confirm we were children.
0: Yep. Yeah. I call anyone younger than me a child. <laughs> <laughs> anyone okay. born after 2003 is a child. Right. Alright. Makes sense to me. <laughs> I think we answered that question. Let's move on from this weird situation. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah, I don't...
1: I don't wanna think about children anymore. <laughs> Anyways. Our next question by wrong dash cucumber six two three six. I agree with that username, by the way. Cucumbers are just wrong on a fundamental level. They, Anyways. they should all be pickles. No, that's even worse. What?
0: Pickles are the best.
1: Pickles are disgusting.
0: How dare pickles, you, are pickles are good. Pickles are good. Pickles are good. No, they're not.
2: No, here's the thing
1: about peagles, it's like, do you hate hate cucumbers? What if we put them in a liquid that gave them warts? (laughs) Just, no, not about that. Anyways, Ranger in my D&D 5e campaign is using his wolf for advantage, and I'm not sure if it's working correctly. Long story short, Ranger's using his wolf to give him advantage by just standing next to him and barking lol, and I think maybe he should be sending Wolf in to distract or something to give him advantage. Not sure exactly how someone can clarify... Can someone clarify how the rules for getting advantage with pet please? Very new and DN- very new to D&D GMing.
0: Yeah, so what's David? happening... Uh, so that... They're using their ranger companion. I'm assuming they're a beastmaster or something. Uh, to give them the help action. So it's yeah. using yeah. a...
3: Could use your action to verbally command it to take the blah blah blah.
0: So, are mm-hmm. you? Is it you using what, uh, your action to have it do the help action? Wait, shouldn't it be a bonus action to command your dog, your wolf? It, that's not that doesn't say that here. It says you could use your action to verbally command it to take the attack dash disengage your help action. I thought it was bonus action. That's
3: wait, what. It's
0: no, an that's action. really.
3: That's
1: really underpowered,
0: then. That very, yeah, yeah. I w- I would say it's a bonus action. I'm gonna
1: if we let it work as a bonus action. Then I'm
0: yeah. I'm letting it work as a bonus action. because I that's
1: insane. As... That is ridiculous. Because nice. once you
0: have the extra attack feature, you can make one weapon attack yourself when you command the beast to take the attack action. Okay. Um. But uh, Oh man. Okay. Maybe I would let it do a bonus action because that's. Because that would be four attacks in one round if you do the attack action and then bonus action for your dog to do the attack action.
2: Yeah, but I'm pretty sure Great Warden it's a bonus action.
3: Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> Regardless, though, I, I, I'm always confused on the help action because it's just like, oh, help action, now you have advantage. But, like, what is it actually doing?
0: Yeah, I... Would I do... Stuff like the help action, I have to like or if if I'm DMing that, you have to yeah. explain to me what it's actually doing to do to give you help. Like yeah. uh in David's uh one chat, I was playing a inquisitor rogue, I think. Um Yeah, Inquisitive Rogue, and that gives lets me do not inquisitive, what, mastermind? Was it mastermind? Yeah. I master Med Rogue, Yeah. Uh, which has a this ability called master of tactics that basically says you could use the help action as a bonus action.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So like I was helping someone by, uh, we were all chained up at the beginning of this and I was giving them the help action by giving them what if my lock picks so they could pick their lock or I was distracting an opponent by like shining, uh, Using my mirror, hand mirror, to shine a light in their eye to distract them. Yeah, and that's how I was like doing the help action for them,
3: stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that's like pretty, <laughs> but like, wow, Beastmaster is so bad.
1: Isn't <laughs> that what? Isn't that what you picked for your first character?
2: No, he did Drake. Warden. No, yeah, Drake Warden. Oh, okay. And Drake Warden, the pet drag the pet Drake uses a bonus action to attack. Yeah, <laughs> which which makes no sense at all. I mean, yeah. I think like if these be best we could pick. Pirate oh, okay, okay.
0: So at seventh level is when he could start using bonus action to command the beast to take dash disengage or help.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. It still takes him. Uh, an action to use the attack for them, but he also gets to make his attacks as well. So I, I it balances out in the end, I think.
1: Okay. Because yeah, because yeah, that's one of the things that my players he's pretty bad
2: for early yeah. yeah.
1: One of my players, like he has like this familiar. He's an artificer. He has this like familiar that can cast the help action or whatever, and he's like. It's gonna cast the help action to give you advantage. And I'm like, okay, but how is it doing that? And he's like, Yeah. Oh fucking no. Mm-hmm. I, I compromise and just said, like, okay, it's gonna like swoop in and like distract an opponent, but in, in reality, like there's also the question of like would the enemy even pay attention to that thing?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So but I I stopped wanting to think about it because it was really dumb. Yeah. But next campaign it will not be like that. If someone does something like that, anyways.
3: Mm-hmm. Anyways, moving on. All right. So, yeah, help
1: action. You need to clarify like what is it actually doing to warrant mm-hmm. "quote unquote" help. <laughs> can't just yeah, say I'm you going. You can't just say I'm using the help action.
2: Yeah, but like in most uh, situations, uh, you could probably help. To like you have to explain it, yeah, yeah, like, I would probably okay. not let you not use it, you know, yeah,
1: okay. you, it just it's just a matter of can you explain like how are you yeah. helping
0: exactly, and if you exactly. can't explain it, then like then he can't do that, Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: There,
0: there are some things that like your pet can't help with, like your your uh your pet can't help you lie to someone. Yeah. All right. Uh, this next question is from Aduna Zuna. Starting a session with combat, uh, slash, how to start a session off. I have a session tomorrow. Last session, the players were caught by an underground magic item smuggler boss. Combat would have started, but because of time, we had to end it right there. But I've noticed every time I end a session right before a fight starts, and the fight right off. Off right at the beginning of the next session. The session always goes weird. Things are chaotic and weird. That's the best way to what's the best way to start off a session to get everyone in the right headspace for D D? Well on this note, please give me tips on how to start any other D D session.
1: I don't know if there's a a correlation between chaotic and weird and starting a session with combat. I don't I think that just sounds like the I don't I think
0: it's like try to get into the D and D headspace is different. If you're doing like a little bit of role play versus if you're just going straight into a combat scenario is what I think is happening. Okay. Um, so maybe let's try to drum up ideas, maybe like do a, a recap or something about yeah. like what happened the last session to like, tr- help like slide them, uh, into that headspace or something.
3: Yeah. Cause. I don't know. I don't personally,
1: I don't feel any different starting off a session with combat versus role play, but mm-hmm. I, um, I'm, but I'm not everyone. So I can't, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Personally it doesn't make sense to me but I mean if it, if it is having a noticeable effect then I guess yes.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Then, like if this is something that keeps happening with your party you got to you got to try out a couple of stuff
1: like whatever works works.
0: There's also nothing
1: wrong with just directly saying to them like is it d- is there something intrinsically different about starting sessions with combat like you can talk to your players like that is fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's always I, good, in my opinion, to have, like, a few minutes after a session of everyone just, like, kind of talking and decompressing what uh happened and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's a
1: it's a great way for uh,
0: yeah, it's, it's a DM like, to, like, it, get some feedback.
1: Yeah, my players and I usually do that over dinner, actually. Yeah. Because usually, like, when we finish, it's, like, 7.30, and then, like, our dining hall closes at 8.30. Most of our yeah. sessions start at four thirty and then we end at seven thirty. And so okay. right after session we're all scrambling to go eat dinner at the dining hall. And then we like we sit together and we usually talk about it or just generally chill out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like if you're playing in person, just like being at the table is really good for getting into that headspace, right? Like mm-hmm. you have your physical dice. And you have the character sheet. And yeah. just like being mm-hmm. there is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Or uh another idea, maybe like bring out like a small like quick like board game or card game or something. Try to like I don't know, start off the session. Uh, that would also give like the DM a little extra time to plan if they're not uh fully prepped yet. Mm-hmm. have the, or you're waiting for a, a player or something who's going to be a little late what, what do you mean
2: like board game or card game
3: just just a they... little card game
1: well, like
2: okay blackjack oh. or something i don't know uh, no, it was just uh, just
1: a little uh, moment of team bonding
3: yeah <laughs> okay okay
1: yeah
0: i've got a bunch Alrighty. of like i have a bunch of like boarded card games that i kind of like want to do a game date of something we're not meeting yeah. up for D&D, we're just meeting up to like hang out and play these games and stuff.
2: Like sure. Exploding Kittens.
0: Yeah,
1: we got that. Yeah. Huh? Exploding Kittens, my
0: favorite. Have treasure. you not heard of Exploding Kittens, Andrew?
1: I've exploded a few kittens, but no, I've, been, I've not heard of that game.
0: Okay, Andrew, <laughs> yeah,
2: that's kind of <laughs> it's it's <laughs> tough.
1: To... It's,
0: it's kind of like War, I guess
2: you you kind of like flip cards and then sometimes you explode when there's yeah. a can that explodes.
0: Yeah. There's this, yeah. Uh, this great game called a uh, taco cat goat cheese pizza. Uh, that is like a combination of war
3: and slapjack. Um, Would you eat
2: goat <laughs> cheese pizza? Cause I need cat pizza, but goat like cheese pizza? goat cheese. Pizza? Mm.
0: I don't know. I, I'm sometimes. pretty sure it's a thing somewhere. <laughs>
2: If that sounds, like, really strong. Like, I don't know. It's like, not, to eat.
0: I'm not much of a cheese guy. It like, getting out of the range of regular cow cheese gets even cow weirder cheese. for me. <laughs> so.
3: <laughs> I think goat cheese is pretty good. I like mm-hmm. it in salads. <laughs> All right.
2: Yeah. Okay, so for the next question, it is by you slash VENZINT, V-E-N-Z-Y-N-T, and it is, my players bully everything other than the main story, <laughs> leading me to dislike running side quests. Well, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. At this point, in one of my campaigns, the party is stronger than most of the dynamic side quest-style content that they can stumble upon. There are still plenty of story elements, that would challenge or outright destroy them at this point, but whenever they meet someone in the tag or on the road, they we get weirdly forceful slash power trees the moment an NPC says, I don't know you, leave me alone, the whole party starts throwing throwing throw abilities until they get what they want. It's really <laughs> not fun to run that if I end up having to assure myself this doesn't matter. Nothing that happens to
3: this NPC is relevant to the story. Thoughts? Mm. Well... I mean... Uh-huh. Just talking to it. the players. They sound... It sounds like they're assholes
0: to everyone outside of the main storyline. Um.
2: I mean, it's made about an in-universe, right? Like if I went up to Calvin and be like, "Went like, hey, do my homework for me, or else I'm gonna start casting fireball." Right. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the police would get called at some point.
3: Yeah. 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 I mean.
2: What is a good way of punishing players for being murder hobos? That's other than the generic, like, call the guard or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like,
3: um,
0: if you have
2: a really, if you have like a cleric or paladin, you could have like
0: an angry a deity god. or something like that. Yeah, yeah,
2: like send an angel after you. Be like,
3: you pissed off one of my priests, and now we're gonna smite you with the the light of. Yeah, Gagadruk, my favorite <laughs> god. Right, like yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. if it bothers you that much, you could punish them.
2: Cause you can't really uh, reward them for not doing it.
3: Yeah. So, or like, you could just like,
2: not run side quests. Like
0: clearly, they like don't want not to run side quests to just focus. But I think it's a little boring sometimes I want to say cause like if you're only doing working towards one goal like it, it it'll be fun in some ways but in other ways it's like you you need some character progression outside of the main storyline you can't all be like written in so I think what you should do is just before your next session just sit down with your players and be like hey guys you gotta cut this out, like, you know,
3: just have, like, a conversation with them. Yeah, but, but like, there's a... Because, like, the players might, it might not change their behavior
2: still. Because, like, Mm -hmm. they might try not to do it, but, like, if they just act that way, then they just act that way, right? Like, that's just how they think. So... Mm So yeah, I guess you just need to like uh, it's it's a hard answer, right? Because it's so situational, and like we don't have we don't know these people in person, obviously. So Mm -hmm. you can't just like give advice about
3: it.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is exactly what's been happening to me. My players, one, my players keep harassing Bartham, and I'm like, at first, I'm like, okay, there's gonna be an in-universe consequence. You got thrown in jail. Then they kept doing it, and I'm like, this is me Uh as the DM you just fuck off yeah (laughs) like you you can you you can be more assertive with these things like and also like come up within universe like there's a there's like they have like a bodyguard or there's or there's a the town guards nearby or something Mm -hmm. like you can come up with those things on the spot like just do it just tell them just just in universe, tell them to fuck off, and then if they don't stop fucking off, then and if they and if they don't just leave, then just tell them as they deal, like guys, fuck off.
2: Yeah. Um, talking about jail though, like, um, at some point I feel like jail isn't that threatening, right? Because like,
0: That's very true. Because there's cause like I that got... level of power when you're just like, fuck you guys, I can kill you is in the second.
2: Yeah, but also like. I got thrown in jail once and I was playing like a lawful character. Obviously I'm not gonna break out, right? But like mm-hmm. they were like pay the bail of eight gold pieces and I'm like, Okay, sure. Yeah, I, sure I my made
1: bail. my bail twenty gold. And okay. this was at level two, I think. Yeah,
0: that that is a bit more impactful. Yeah,
1: that's that's how you I make like, jail more threatening.
0: I remember what you're talking about, David, and um the reason why it was so cheap was because it, you were thrown in jail and you were caught for such a low level crime. That's true. That's true. And like, that I rolled randomly hard. on it. Like, but there are like tiers of like what crimes you commit to like what the minimum punishment is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: At least I didn't murder someone. But I mean, even the yeah. the day, they're kind of just like bullying people.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's not cool.
2: That is not cool. Guys, assault is not okay. Threats are not he- okay
3: best. Do not threaten people. (laughs) Makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Alrighty. Alright, what's up next? A great question.
1: (laughs) Posted by beautiful underscore yesterday. Yesterday was a pretty nice looking day. (laughs) You are a handling famer.
0: I think it's supposed family, to be a farmer.
1: farmer. You are a halfling farmer whose family adopted a human infant. What chores would be appropriate for them growing up in your community? I'm trying to figure out a tool proficiency for my folk hero human fighter who was adopted by halflings and who lived in a halfling community for their formative years. Uh, a
3: tool
2: proficiency? Um, That would just be like... <clears throat> oh, shoot. Let me look at the artisan's tools so,
1: so Okay, so this is... Um... Carpenter makes sense because like, you can build their houses...
0: Well, so this is a halfling farmer, so you gotta Mm -hmm. think about because this this is all character background stuff. I love this shit. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, This is all about like thinking: what realistically would they, what chores would they give you to do? Uh,
1: What would you have done around town, like if I was a human? If Uh I was a human surrounded by children-looking people, what would I be doing?
3: There constantly. isn't really a
2: farmer's tools, artisan tools, because like farming isn't yeah. really an artisan job, right?
1: Yeah, no, no, not really. So. Uh, so you man. could be maintaining the barn. I, like, either cleaning or like used, build it or it. it really it depends. Up, playing fixer upper. Yeah,
0: it it kind of depends on what type of farm it is, because like if they have a lot of horses or something, you could sort of justify Smith's tools. Um, From like hammering out all those like horseshoes and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, or like leather uh, workers. Or leather workers uh, if it's like a cow farm.
2: <laughs> or like if they have a lot of shape, you can do weavers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think like wood carver is a good, like wood every carpenters. farmer probably knows how to cut. An that angle. makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, carpenters, like if you're like repairing uh, fences and stuff all day. 100%. Um, there is that, like, thing in me that it's like, oh, these are halflings, you gotta go with that Tinker's tools, but, like, no, I, you, I don't think you would in this situation. Or, like, like you're a good cook, and
2: you have proficiency with cook's utensils.
0: Yeah. To, there's a lot of things you could justify. Yeah. I wouldn't worry
2: about it too much. Just don't do, like, alchemist supplies or glassblower's tools, you know?
0: Okay. Okay, real oh. question here. What's the difference between carpenter's tools and woodcarver's tools?
2: Um, carpenters is like you're repairing a wall. Woodcarvers is like you're carving a spoon, right? Like they're very different. Okay. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, cuz like That makes sense. Like you if you're a carpenter, you wouldn't like use a lathe. You would be using like a table saw or something. Right.
0: That's uh, like sure. Yeah. And like I think they would still use the lathe. Depends on what
2: they're doing. Like as a a woodcarver, yeah, but like you wouldn't know like the ideas of like
3: supports, right? Or like, okay, no, woodcarvers don't use carvers don't use nails
2: or screws because it's Uh, all one piece of wood. Wow. Versus carpenters, where they're
3: connecting multiple pieces of wood. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's valid. Okay. All right.
0: Um all right. This do do we feel like we answered that question?
1: I feel like I answered that question.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. This next one is from Noobmaster69 underscore is underscore Loki. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Which class is the strongest in lore? Mechanically there are better and worse classes, but what but which class do you think is the strongest in lore? For instance, a clerics channel of mighty deity's powers while a rogue relies on training and trickery. So in theory, clerics would have a higher power ceiling and better power source. Another good example is wizards. They're considered one of, if not the best class in 5th edition. But in actual lore, a wizard is pretty much a hardworking student of magic with no outside help. So they'll need a lot more time and practice to catch up All. Catch up to the, all the other casters.
1: the The classes that spring to mind for me are cleric, warlock, and paladin, just because they're kind of, yeah. just because they're kind of directly getting their power from a god. Yeah, well, yeah. god slash like outer world deity for the warlocks. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I, I get that. <clears throat> I think there's there's a lot of good ones they could like do. Lore by because like sorcerers, uh, their mm-hmm. magic comes from their bloodline, so like you could. Trace their lineage back to the super powerful being and stuff like that.
1: That makes sense. Uh, yeah, that that uh, works. That's basically farm Three Houses.
0: Yeah, and like I think all these classes could go back to some like pretty impressive lore. Like mm-hmm. a wizard comes from this super uh, renowned magic school, or the uh, the rogue is part of this shady organization that's controlling the government from the shadows.
2: I think yeah, I, think. I think every magic class kind of outclasses every non magic yeah. class. Yeah.
0: I do think there are like that some weaker sense. ones lore wise like a uh, I think bard bard is probably the weakest.
2: No, bard yeah. is like like lore wise what are you a singer? <laughs> like yeah, lore <lore-wise,
1: laughs> lore wise all bard's do is sing so kind of, sing yeah. and of yeah, singing dance maybe I mean, like, they pay, maybe they'd make a uh, painting or two.
0: It's it's kind of
1: Sad in a way, if
0: you think about it, because like a bard's lore is uh, telling other people's lore.
1: It really is. No, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's literally how bards work. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Like Homer isn't in the Odyssey, This is so sad.
3: Well, I mean, Homer wrote the Odyssey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like you know, yeah, I get yeah, yeah. So so yeah, at least we know what the weakest one is. Yeah,
1: yeah. we can pinpoint so like, exactly which one's the weakest.
2: Yeah, but I'd say like, I, I all don't the think... god-based ones must be pretty yeah. strong, and then wizard definitely is strong.
0: I think there's a way you could do like really strong with like any of these, and it's like, I think there's somewhere the DM has to get more uh, creative with like background lore and stuff. Yeah. Um, but you could get really strong lore out of almost every class, in my opinion.
3: hmm Yeah. That
0: makes sense. Like, if you imagine, If you, start... it, if you
2: imagine Especially... it, a fighter can move, like, 30 feet and attack five times in six seconds, which is kind of <laughs> yeah. scary.
1: Mm-hmm. That is true when you put it in that...
0: you imagine that in real life, it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like Batman coming up to you. Basically, that is combo. basically
1: what's happening, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, if you think about how turns are six seconds long, then Fighter and their five million attacks, same with Monk, that yeah. starts to get really scary, yeah.
3: <laughs> I
2: mean, not as much as, like, Wish, but, you know.
3: hmm
2: Yeah. Or, like, the Cthulhu aspects of Warlock. Yeah. Where it's, like... Yeah. D and yeah, D is kind of messed up if you think about it. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit, kind not to.
0: <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. right, we have we have time for one more question.
2: Uno más. Mi, mis amigos, yo no hablas español.
1: I, oh, I right. thought that was almost perfect Spanish. That's that's what makes <laughs> the joke funny. Is <laughs> it
2: is it yo no hablo español? I don't. I don't remember. I yeah. <laughs> Okay, you guys took standards. not me. All right. In general, what is the best way to reveal lore? How do you lot, how do you lot reveal your story's lore to the players? I need suggestions.
1: Okay, uh, depends on what your yeah. main story is, because it really does. Sometimes it makes sense for some old geezer to to just be like, "Hey, youngsters, come around. <laughs> let me tell you a story." Other times, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And they, it's, that's a, maybe that's something that the players need to search out for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it, it, maybe you have a character like our good friend Lance's, where they're just a super nerd and just read a whole bunch of books, and that's yeah. how they've
0: yeah. It it really depends on like the campaign you're doing. Um, but like some general good ways, in my opinion, are like again the old, the wise old man who doesn't reveal everything, like. <laughs> dies right before the most important thing. (laughs) Uh, There's just look up in the library, boy, go uh, do some research. Uh, One of my things are that I think are very cool. Uh, You guys have played uh, God of War, right? I've seen it. You know, like at the end when like they go to the land of the giants, uh, there's those murals telling Loki's story.
3: Mm hmm. Uh-huh.
0: I love that of like of uh, murals in like an ancient uh, destroyed ruins or something telling some sort of tale that reveals plot and lore. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, I think a game that is really not
2: like up in your face about lore but like has a lot of lore and tells it in a really good way is again breath of the wild Wild. (laughs) yeah i know i know it's like my favorite game ever but like for example like there's a field in breath of the wild with just a bunch of destroyed guardians right and Mm -hmm. then you can see a wall and like the walls kind of destroyed too but you can tell there was a bath there and like you can tell the lore of the place just by describing what it looked like and not actually like having someone lore dump on you right and yeah. I think that's done really well um but then there's another spot right where it's like the the citadel of Akala right mm-hmm. and it's like this destroyed place and you can see all these like evil um like guardians next to it like the robots and then and then someone there like a traveler has like an ancestor who died there and then he like kind of lore dumps on you like there's this give and take of like what do you actually want to tell your players versus what do you want to imply to your players, right? Yeah. yeah. So you, depending on the type of
3: campaign you're running, you're gonna have more of this and more of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's 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 definitely an art, right? Of like telling yeah.
0: you. <laughs> I I do love the whole. um, Ideology of show don't tell. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Just
0: something I think we've kind of lost in some more modern day movies. Uh, I think there's a lot more tell don't show, and I think it's kind of a disservice to audiences. I feel like
1: no, hundred percent.
0: What, what movie are
2: you thinking of? That, like, there's a lot.
0: That? The, I can't like name one in particular because there's a lot of them like do the
2: like the Avatar movie. It just gives <laughs> you a black screen with text. And yeah. says, "This is what happened."
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I like, feel like a lot of yeah. more modern movies are treating the audience like they're dumb, and it's yeah. pissed me off a little bit. Uh-huh. But, but, but then, that, then, like, that does get harder in a D and D setting. But it's mostly theater of the mind. Yeah,
1: so. I think I think one of the best examples in modern media of show don't tell is i know i'm gonna get flack for this because but since i keep telling david stop talking about it but arcane is incredible yeah. with show don't tell
2: arcane yeah. is incredible
1: like with uh, specifically the echo versus jinx fight is one of the single best scenes in all of fiction just hands right down.
2: like no that's like a fight scene but like to ex- for the lore, even no, exactly.
1: Are... It's a fight scene, but it, it it explains their entire backstory without a single word. Mm-hmm.
3: That's,
2: that's what
1: makes it. That's what's so incredible about it. Yeah, I think
0: something I really loved about like the John Wick movies is they have such an incredible lore about it, and they never just state like, "Hey, this is what the fuck these coins mean" and stuff. You kind of have to infer, like, oh, okay, this is like the currency of the underground for some mm-hmm. reason, um, and these are the rules, and you it like it builds up. There's no like, hey, this is what blah 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 means. This is what this does, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I think it's great because you're not following this new, this newbie guy in that world. You're following a, a veteran and stuff who knows all the tricks.
3: Um, yeah.
0: So that—that's what I. The, 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 those that's uh, no, my
1: thoughts. I, we say all this, and then when you try to play it to D anD D, it's like really hard. Like you have to take yeah. well, like what David was yeah. saying, the breath of the, the breath of the water approach, where it's like you either imply everything, or you do, or you have that old geezer, mm-hmm. or the library. Like those are basically your three options.
0: Yeah, and like there's the um, there's always a problem. Of if you're just implying something to the party that they're gonna be too stupid to see it, <laughs> and like yeah, yeah, and what you're trying to tell them? Because there mm-hmm. was like, there's a lot of times in Ghost
1: of we where
0: like, oh, oh yeah, oh, I tried yeah. giving you guys clues and you didn't notice.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so the, I had to be the, like, the, Idiots. the window, yeah. that one window with like yeah. the burn marks or whatever.
0: Yeah, there was like scratch marks because of the lantern and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there was the like book about the tides and stuff. You, yep, you need a note taker in your party <laughs> to do all to figure out all the riddles and stuff.
2: Hey, hey, I specifically wrote into my character that I can't read or write. That's so true. That's what I got out of writing notes.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. um... I don't know, I'm the kind of person that's just like, I don't know, it's weird, because I always feel like every detail is important, but also there's just so many details that I'm like, it'll make it so, it'll be obvious if something is relevant or not. But then, for some reason, those didn't pop out as obviously, like, oh, that was important. Yeah. I, I just, I think there's like a downside to like, having too much ambiguity in some things. It makes sense. Like if if that's the kind of campaign you're going for, though, where it's like a puzzle solving, like problem solving campaign. Like, yes, that makes sense. But also, mm-hmm. some people. But sometimes, sometimes you're just in that mood. That's just like I just want to move on with my life. <laughs>
3: yep. Hmm.
1: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, question uh, answered. Yeah, <laughs> that's all the questions we have for today. Uh, we want to wish everyone. Uh, all of our listeners in America happy Thanksgiving
1: and even if you're uh, not in America happy Thanksgiving even though you yeah. probably don't celebrate it
0: uh, so I, I looked it up because we got those like German listeners and stuff sure or, or Belgium Bel- Belgium, yeah <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm that not racist like I racist, promise maybe.
3: <laughs> but
0: like yeah <laughs> they celebrate early
3: oh okay I think
2: Canada does. does Oh, apparently. Yeah, like
0: a lot of countries celebrate it like in September and October because of different reasons. Okay, apparently Belgium celebrates Saturday the 21st. So they already had theirs. But that was 2015. What the fuck is happening? I don't know. Yeah, but we're
2: (laughs) based in in Indiana. So, like, we could just. Okay, never mind. Thanksgiving is not a holiday in Belgium. I don't know what's happening. Uh, Yeah, I figured. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why they would celebrate Native Americans
0: or whatever. I don't well, know. other people do it for different reasons. A lot of people do it for um, just to get uh, harvest, and stuff. Oh, okay, Har- harvest, harvest yeah. festival. Yes, that makes harvest sense. festival. Mm-hmm. Germany does it uh, in October, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> that's it.
1: Look at them crops.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right.
2: Alright, what does it okay guys, what does a turkey goblin say during
1: Thanksgiving? I don't know, but y'all better gobble till you wobble and we'll see you next time. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.